From Polartech, the science of fabric, creator of textile technologies and design solutions for any need and any reason, welcome to Lairs, a deep dive into the untold or little-known stories the outdoor industry is built upon. Every so often on Lairs, we're going to just scratch the surface and provide a not-so-deep, hot take on stories percolating in the cultural zeitgeist of the outdoor space. Today's surface layer is about a topic that is near and dear to all of our hearts, outdoor retailing. I'm Colin True. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colin True. You might remember me from such podcasts as Peaking Since 91, Broken Shells, an omelet story, and Layers, presented by PolarTech. Today's episode is brought to you by PolarTech Synthetic Fleece the original premium cozy fleece that you've been wearing in all of your favorite pullovers since 1981. Made from recycled plastic bottles, polar bear dreams, and science. The original Polartech fleece. If your fleece doesn't say Polartech, it's not Polartech. And now, back to our show. So, Outdoor Retailer, June 2022. It was my first time back at the show since 2018, and uh, it... Yeah, it was different. But before we get to that, let's go back in time. Because I want to share with you the story of my first outdoor retailer. As the initiated well know, the question of when you attended your first OR is a common icebreaker on the trade show floor and a bit of a rite of passage. When you go from a person who does outdoorsy things to a person working in the outdoor industry, it's a little like pledging a fraternity. And the first thing you learn about after your initiation is outdoor retailer. OR the twice-annual trade show, and a foundational milestone in the creation of our industry. Started in 1982, held in Las Vegas and Reno, Nevada, Long Beach and Anaheim, California, and most recently in Denver, Colorado. Best known for the years it spent in Salt Lake City, the place where the show is returning to in 2023. Outdoor Retailer. I first entered the Salt Palace for OR in January 2005. My journey there actually started seven years earlier on the floor of Eastern Mountain Sports, which led to me getting a customer service job at Timberland. For a customer service manager to get to go to OR was a little like an 8-bit gamer discovering up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA start, because I wasn't technically part of Timberland's outdoor crew. It was just the promise from the head of that team that I would soon be transitioning to the role of outdoor tech rep that allowed me to attend. I arrived the day before the show to help set up the booth, and I remember... I remember walking into the building and onto a mezzanine that was overlooking the show floor. Laid out before me was a who's who of outdoor brands. Kelty, the North Face, Sierra Designs, Smartwool, Marmot, Patagonia, and Mountain Hardware, the brand at the top of the peak in that moment. They all had big brand logoed signs hanging from the ceiling and I was immediately starstruck. For outdoorsy people who came of age in the 90s, these brands were to outdoor adventure what the Beatles were to rock and roll. They were the pioneers that, through their products, had opened up the outdoor world to us. The four days at that show was transformational and a blur. And folks, after that first experience, I was smitten with our industry and spent the next 12 years climbing the corporate ladder while at several outdoor brands. While my friends and relatives were going to boring jobs at boring places wearing boring clothes, my job took me to places I'd never been to before to do exciting things both indoors and outdoors. And I could basically wear whatever I wanted. Seriously, there was a time when my dad tried to send me a coupon for a suit from Joseph A. Banks, and he truly didn't understand when I tried to tell him that I had no use for it. 
I mean, didn't I go to work every day? Of course you need a suit. But 2005 was when the industry was at its apex, the boom days when Outdoorsy was at its fashion trend zenith, and OR was the biggest event on the outdoor calendar. At this time, at a typical show, you'd see guys like Ed Beaster signing autographs, veterans of the Eco Challenge promoting products, hordes of bikers, runners, and paddlers going booth to booth looking for their own sponsorships, magazines holding running competitions on treadmills, climbers dangling from artificial walls, elaborate booths with crazy features like ice sculptures and fashion runways, product demos being held in local canyons, pools that were constructed for kayaks and paddleboards, and on the lawn outside the Salt Palace, a massive tent village showing up all the new shelters being offered. But the most memorable thing about Outdoor Retailer? It was a giant party. Brands would sponsor events with bands like The Roots, The Black Eyed Peas, and The Mighty Mighty Boston's. Days started with trail runs in City Creek Canyon, followed by eight hours of showtime that would lead into long nights of drinking that always ended with last call at the now shuttered Port O'Call. Yeah, let's pour a little out for our dear departed Port O'Call. Over the first few years I attended the show, OR was this mix of a high school reunion, freshman year of college, and a crunchy version of the secret of my success as my colleagues and I worked our way from retail to executives with the one constant through it all being outdoor retailing. But the thing that none of us wanted to acknowledge is that along the way, OR's original intent had begun to change beneath our feet. The transaction between manufacturer and retailer was becoming less important to the show experience. Because as the industry grew to be a billion-dollar Goliath, the brand anchors, the Beatles of the industry, each of them, except Patagonia, would either be acquired by a larger company or straight-up acquire each other. Today, and I'm purely spitballing here, it's probably not a stretch to say that maybe 80% of the open-to-buy in the outdoor industry operates under the purview of a publicly traded company. And here's the thing about that. These big corporations with huge brand awareness both in and outside of the industry don't need a big national trade show to fill their order book. So dealers stopped coming to write orders, and the event shifted to be more focused on marketing and trends. Now, you may stop me and point out the hundreds of brands that come to the show that are tiny startups or not owned by big corporate entities. But in my own journey and experience running sales for several small brands and attending OR, we couldn't get dealers to write orders even if we gave product away for free. So why did we keep showing up? Well, I I guess the simple reason is that the industry is a community, and we all liked going to OR. Seeing old pals, making some new contacts, having dinners and drinks with friends and colleagues made in the industry, the chance to ski solitude in the winter and mountain bike in Park City in the summer, we just didn't want to give that up. The end of all that started in 2017 when the show bolted the Beehive State for Denver. This garnered applause from those who saw the move as a stand for public lands. But this moment of unity around a cause near and dear to anyone who cares about wild places could not bring back the value that the show once held. And then the pandemic hit. And like everything else, OR had to press pause. The discourse around the public lands debate and the pandemic gave a lot of brands a window to drop out of coming to the show and not have to say they were doing so because they didn't want to shell out the high cost of attending. I don't say that in a judgmental way. For years, the show was in stasis. It was dying to change. But it was the boomer and Gen X dinosaurs like me that just couldn't let the good times go. This past June was the first time OR was held in a post-COVID world without any direct impact from the pandemic, and what I found when I walked into the Colorado Convention Center was a total reinvention. Gone were the Beatles, and even whole categories like paddle sports and rock climbing. And in their place, a solid representation of how a new generation goes outside. When OR started, the industry was tiny, 
and the amount of people going outside to hike, bike, surf, or ski was pretty small. As the outdoors blossomed into a billion-dollar industry, it grew in both participation and notoriety. The outdoors is finally for everyone, not just weirdo white men who want to suffer on their way to standing on top of a mountain. These days, tooling around on an e-bike, a hard seltzer, and your frost buddy on your way to play spike ball on the beach is outdoor. This new generation can stand on the shoulders of our era and customize their own outside experiences in a way that we never could. It seems that things may have shifted back to the beginning because for those in attendance this time around, commerce was first and foremost. Every brand I spoke to told me they were there to meet retail buyers and place orders. Morgan. Josue. From Psycho Tuna. James Garrity. I'm CEO of Redneck Sunscreen. Christy Hatter. Trippy Outdoor. Adam. It's uh, Tickless. Hi, I'm Vince Robichaud with Trail Toe. Rob Moser, Frost Buddy. Rodrigo. Our brand is Mosquito. Hal Van Herkey, the All-American Axe Company. We are, to get out of we are meeting show? everyone. Obviously, it's pushing out the brand and getting more retail clients, but we've met a number of people in e-commerce and uh, distribution side, so it's been a host. Of- uh, well, we're looking for retail partners. How's that going? It's good. It's been good. Really? Yeah, Jay, you know, like, to get in some place like Bass Pro or just some of these bigger big box outdoor stores, it's it's great for the product. company, you know, first time trying to meet some of the bigger players. And I mean, we have some awesome business cards here of some awesome. big unit retailers that we're thrilled to be uh, speaking with. And, you know, um, we're hoping to find some retail connections here um, okay. that, that will so that will put out, going great, yeah. made some really good yeah. connections. And so, but I mean, I think, you know, I don't know, it's still the best show I go. I go to a lot of shows ranging yeah. from SHOT Show, which is the firearms industry, to Blade Show, which is the blade industry. We display at Overland Expo and a lot of other shows, but this is the funnest show to be at. Right on. Because this is the stuff we buy. This is where we spend all of our money on a regular basis. Look, I can't see the future. And maybe OR is destined to lure everyone back to the Salt Palace and along with these new brands, show us an even bigger and better outdoor industry. But my gut tells me that we can't go back again that the market is simply changing and the show is changing with it. Plus, with all the specialized trade shows that are available to brands and dealers like SHOT Show, Surf Expo, The Running Event, iCast, or The Big Gear Show, and of course the regional rep shows like WWSRA, 360 Adventure Collective, or MWSRA, a single show under one roof just doesn't seem likely, even if it is the funnest one of them all. There are just so many more options, so many ways to see new products, and we haven't even talked about the old reliable in-store rep visit, or if you just want to stay home, this little invention you may have heard of called the internet, that from what I hear, makes it pretty easy to find things, get information, or even place an order. As I see it, it's elemental. I still view the industry as not just about business, but about enabling people to get outside. The internet and D2C fulfillment is as much of a change agent here as politics or the pandemic. And none of this is actually killing the industry. They're simply evolving it. The legacy of outdoor retailer used to be its intangible value as the center of gravity that would bind our community together. And while we might be moving away from a one-size-fits-all model, social media and a focus on inclusion are actually bringing our industry together in ways that haven't been possible before. Looking to the future, maybe writing orders and a renewed focus on the transactional side of business is ultimately what keeps outdoor retailer relevant. Which for a trade show kind of makes sense, don't you think? So, if you're looking to bring to market a sweet e-bike built for two, or maybe your shop is running low on composting toilets for hashtag van life, the most important question you'll hear at OR is the same today as it ever was. How many can I put you down for? I'm Colin True, and this has been Lairs. 
I hope you enjoyed our first surface layer, and I invite you to go back and check out our first season, The Rise of Dressing Down, which is available wherever you get your podcasts. More episodes are on the way, so please subscribe and share our show with your friends, family, and colleagues. And thanks for listening. This episode was written and produced by Colin True and directed by David Karstad. Layers is a production of Rockfight, LLC.